good morning again. Welcome to Excel Church. Good morning. Good morning. You know, as we come back to worship this morning, we're closing out our series uh, entitled Five Smooth Stones. Somebody say Five Smooth Stones. And we've been journeying through the well-known story of David and Goliath, uh, which I hope has been encouraging to you. The challenger, as we know, was a nine-foot-tall giant named Goliath. And we looked, he looked to be the likely winner of this battle. But then God chose David, a simple shepherd boy, to fight against Goliath. And that battle required a focus. I feel like I'm getting some feedback. Solely on his God. And finally today, we get to celebrate victory. Today, we get to cover what it's like to come through the battle and to be on the other end after four weeks of us discussing and talking about the battle and and being able to get to this moment. Today, we're going to get to celebrate victory. Now, you remember I was sharing with you all a um, testimony of mine personally because I've been hoping that as we've been talking about David and Goliath that you would personalize what we are hearing and understanding God will do in our lives and applying this into your life, into the battles that you currently face or may be facing in the future, or maybe you're not going through any battles right now, but this is information that you will store away and tuck away so that when you do come to a point in your life where you have to fight for something that is important up against what seems to be insurmountable odds that you will know what your God is able to do. And so I shared with you as a personal testimony uh, my bar experience But what I didn't share as we talk about victory and we talk about the end, uh, one of the things that happened after that was all said and done, it was really, really important to me to make sure that it was understood that it was God who did it. I know sometimes we go through lives and, and, and we go through battles and if we're not careful, we take the credit for what God has done. And, and so before I even became a pastor, an evangelist, anything, I just read my Bible. I just understood that God had done something special in my life, and it just didn't feel right to take credit for something. I don't know about you, but you know, have you ever been in school? Anybody in here ever had to write a paper? You know this thing they call plagiarism, where you just kind of lift whole passages from the Internet and then just drop them in your paper and then don't give credit to the original author? That'll get you failed, won't it? might get you put out of school altogether. You know, something about it felt dishonest for me to be pompous and parade around as if I had done something miraculous and wonderful, knowing that all glory, all credit went to God. And so to make sure in my own little way that I gave him glory, I did two things. 
One which may not seem like a big deal to you, but it was definitely on the risky edge. And that was in this law firm where I'm the first black attorney, the youngest attorney, I put a sign on my door that said, I passed the bar, all glory be to God. Now I really didn't care if I was you know, politically correct, if that should have been the issue. I just got tired because if you understand how it goes, like all the lawyers come by your office like, did you pass? Did you pass? So I was just like, I've got to get some billable hours the way this thing works. If I don't make any billable hours, I'm going to have an issue. So how about I stop telling everybody I passed, put a sign on my door, and just to be clear, all glory goes to God. And then in case they didn't catch it then, because that only stayed up for like a day or two, I went and got like custom license plates. And I didn't have enough room for glory to God, so I had to put glory to JC. You know who JC is. And so I made it a point to early on in my walk with God that God, if you're there for me, God, if you bring me through, I'll be careful to give your name praise. I'll be careful to give you all the glory, to give you all the credit, to not take credit for anything that you've done. And I have to tell you, that's worked out pretty well for me. I, I highly recommend taking the approach of giving God the glory. And you will see as we look today that that is something that David did as we close out our study of David and Goliath as well. As we look at this, I want you to see that when it's all said and done, if you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to look at verses 40 through 54. And if you're using the House Bible, that's going to be page 150. If you don't have one, I'm assuming I saw Bibles going around already. But if you still need one, it looks like there are plenty available. Uh, we're in page 150. So I'm going to read to you out of the King James Version, 40 through 54. If you're there, say amen. Page 150 in the House Bible. I don't want to lose you. And then if you're not, just 1 Samuel 17, 40 through 54. Hello again to my family joining me on Facebook. Hello to our family joining us on YouTube. And hello even to our family who is not able to watch this live with us, but will be catching the replay sometime later on today. We thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here, and we know that God is speaking to you just as much as he's speaking to us here in the sanctuary as well. So it reads, and he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, 
and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Watch this. 51, therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sherem, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. Verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Let's stop right here. I don't know about you, but this isn't my first time learning about David and Goliath. But isn't it something how whether this is your third, first, or 50th time reading this, that God can speak to us in a new way and show us things that we need to know for this moment in our life that empower and inspire and encourage us like nothing else we could ever imagine. Now, I saw a lot when I read that with you just now, and I'm praying that in your ability to transport yourself into the scripture you saw some things too but let's just look at some things together that 
we can put a pin in about this scripture as we go through the battles that we're going to face in our life. The first point for those of you that take notes is that victory sends the enemy running. If you're watching at home, say that with me. Victory sends the enemy running. If you're watching here, you can say it with me. Victory sends the enemy running. Much of our discussion so far in the series has been around the Israelite army, but what about the opposing force? Did you see what just happened here when their champion was defeated in verse 51? It gave us a glimpse of the immediate response of the Philistines after the victory. The Bible says they turned and ran. Woof. All right, what time is it? 10.28. Okay. There's so much to take away from this. Some of us are fighting in battles right now where what you really have to do is you're, you're looking at the multitude of stuff that's coming at you and, and how there seems to be tentacles where it's just so many different directions that you can't even really focus on like how to get rid of it all. But I see here in the spirit what I hope you can catch this morning is you just have to take off the head of the strong man. You go for the biggest one. You go for the baddest one. You go for the loudest one, the one that is taunting, the one that, that, the one that you really don't want to deal with. You really want to start with the small ones. No, that's not the strategy we need. Because when you take off the head of the champion, everything else flees. The, the devil will flee. He will back up off of you. So this is for people who want to win against the odds, for people who want to win despite the obstacles, who people who have made up in their life that know I've come too far, I'm not giving up, I'm not dying, I'm not throwing in the towel, I got to get out of this, what do I need to do to win? So that's one thing I want you to catch. But on the flip side, I wanna catch, want you to catch something in case you happen to be a little bit more like that Philistine army than you recognize. Because see, the Philistine army put all their hope in Goliath. Don't make the mistake of putting your hope in a man or woman. Don't put all your hope in a person. Don't put all of your hope in a political leader. So then when they fall, what happens to you? Your hope dies when they're not elected. Don't put all of your hope in an individual. So then when they walk out of your life, what happens? All hope is gone. Don't put all of your hope in a job. So when they shut down, what happens? Our hope is in Jesus. David went into that battle and his hope was in God. God will not fail you. God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. And one of the things I have learned in this life is people are going to be people. <laughs> I hope you catch that. 
people are going to be people. So stop getting disappointed when people are peopleish. That's what people do. People will leave you <laughs> when it gets a little too tough. People will walk out and be like, call me back when you, you know, when y'all full. <laughs> call me back when all the seats is filled and you know, you know, you got the, the praise team jumping and the, you know, you got the all of that. Call me in. In your life. Call me back. Oh, what? Oh, you ain't got nowhere to stay right now? Well, call me back when you get you somewhere to stay. Call me back when you get a house. They will wait on you and walk out on you if things don't line up the way that they would like for them to line up in, and don't leave this part out, in the timeline that they wanted to be lined up. So we have to, as Christians, be so very careful not to put our hope our happiness, our peace, our joy in the hands of other people. You mean to tell me my candidate didn't get elected so I got to wait four years before I'm getting happy again? The devil is a liar. I'm going to find peace and prosperity in every season with every politician because my hope does not lie in them. My hope lies in what? Come on, JC. I'm telling you, it will give you a new level of happiness. It will give you a new level of freedom if you don't give people that much power in your life. No people. I don't care if they're celebrities. I don't care if they're people who have a, a stronghold on your emotions. But we have got to make a decision not to be like the Philistines and to be like David and put our hope in God. Look at Matthew chapter 6 with me, if you would, verses 19 through 21. That's your house Bible, page 459, if you need to find that. Page 459 in the house Bible. For those of you watching at home, we have the, the scripture will be on the screen. Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21, it reads, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even now yield, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye? Then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed, for the end of those things is what? Death. Death. So wait one second. Y'all got something different. Wait a minute. I got the wrong thing on mine. Let me read it again. For lay not up for yourselves. Okay, here we go. We're in the right place. Lay not for yourselves. Ain't you glad you got your own Bible? Didn't I just say don't depend on men? Men will mess up. Men will mess up. Okay? That's why you got your own Bible. You're like, that ain't what it said, Pastor. Y'all is giving me the look like, I don't know what Bible you got. <laughs> Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Mm. But lay up for yourselves treasures where? in heaven where neither moth nor rust 
doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, the Philistines seem to store up their treasures in this human champion, Goliath. And let's just be realistic. I'm going to make some of the real, real, real safe people get worried, but don't worry, I'm going to clean it up. Sometimes it's just easier to put your hope in people, ain't it? I mean, you can see them, you can touch them, they're right there. I mean, Goliath looks like a winner. I mean, it just, it, it, feel, it felt like a good bet to put your bet on what you can see in front of you. But how did that work out for them? Not too well, right? And that tends to be how it works out for us. And so what we're saying is as we begin this deeper walk with the Lord, we really have to be able to go deeper. And what might seem like it's the easiest way or seem like the practical way or seem like the way that everybody else is doing it, it's really not the way that's going to benefit us. And so as we store up our, our treasures in heaven, and we believe that our, our deliverance is coming not from a paycheck, not from a person, but from God. It gives us the peace of knowing that God is going to provide and that he will be constant even when everything else around us is changing. We have a God that is personal. Look at Romans 8:28, if you would. Hopefully I got this written down right. Yeah, I got this one. Page 544 in your Bible, so you can keep me accountable. Page 544. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We may experience seasons where we simply don't know where God is. Anybody ever been through a season like that? Amen? And I am here to let you know from personal experience that even when you don't see where he is at, where you can't put your finger on God, God is there and he is working behind the scenes and he's working for our good and for his glory. I don't know if you caught all that, but he is working for your good and his glory. See, what happens at the end of this story is it works out for David's good and for whose glory? God's glory. The stuff that you're going through right now, if you would begin to see it the way God sees it, it may be too hard for you, but it is not too hard for God. God is working it out for your good and for his glory. Somebody say for your good, for his glory. True victory, the kind ultimately won by God in your life, should not send you running but the enemy running. I have had to tell so many people this so many times. I really want you to catch this this morning. You've got to stand flat-footed and tell the devil, I'm not going nowhere. You leave. 
you leave. I'm not leaving. I'm not uprooting my family. I'm not uprooting my life. I'm not giving up the promise. I'm not giving up on what God showed me. I'm not forgetting what he said he was going to do. I'm not moving youthfully. And the real type of victory that God will give us if we don't faint, if we don't throw in the towel, if we don't give up prematurely, we will begin to see the type of victory that David saw where your enemies will flee. I don't know if you've ever been on a job where you know this is where God planted you and this is where God wants you to be and everybody's acting crazy and you start to think, you know what, maybe I'm just going to quit. You start getting on the internet looking for somewhere to go and then the Holy Spirit convicts you and says, wait a minute, I'm not leaving. I'm going to go up in there and I'm going to pray and I'm going to stand and I'm going to believe by faith that everything that is coming against me, it's going to leave. Next thing you know, you look up, the department is shutting down, the people who was getting on your nerves get fired. I'm telling you, your God is able. I have seen him, I have watched him relocate people out of my life. I've seen him do it, where I don't even have to lift a finger. Somebody say, the battle is the Lord's. You just need to go in and fight. So victory, point two for those who are taking notes, is victory gives God glory. Sisters watching at home, go ahead and put that sword day in and go ahead and put that victory gives God glory. Y'all turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Um, you don't have to go back, Anna. I'll just read it. It's just one scripture. I want to read verse 52 one more time. Page 151 if you're following. 1 Samuel 17. 52, page 151, and the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sharon, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. Now, as we've already noted a few different times within this series, when God gives victory, he deserves the glory for it. And as we said this morning, too often um, as people, maybe because of our egos or whatever the case may be, we try to take some of the glory for ourselves when victory is won. But if our focus is on God, I want you to see in verse 52 this great shout that was referenced and how this impacts us in a step that I think we sometimes forget when we are in a victory or receiving a victory as well. It's a battle term speaking about both the physical and the spiritual battles that we face. It's mentioned elsewhere by David. If you flip real quick with me to Psalm 108, I'll show you. In Psalm 108, Chapter 10, page 303, if you're using the house Bible, Psalms 108, thank you, chapter 10, it says, who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, who, cast, who has cast us off? And will not thou, O God, go forth with our hosts? Give us help from trouble. For vain is the help of man. Through God, we shall do valiantly. 
for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Now here David was asking the question, who will give us the victory? He reveals his posture concerning this question in the final verse of 108. It says, with God's help, we will do mighty things. With God's help, we will do mighty things. Do you believe this to be true today? With God's help. I think we have to begin to preface that when we begin to undertake whatever it is we're trying to do. I don't know about you, it could be a class that you need to pass. It could be an exam. You know, I talked about the bar exam. You know, maybe God is leading some of you to take the real estate exam, or maybe it's a, a, a broker's exam, or maybe it's something that you have to do in order to accomplish what it is God has set forth for you on your path. And it seems so difficult. Some of you, it's not even a test that is like paper and pencil, but it's a test of your heart, the things that God keeps putting before you, and you know that you failed that test because what happens whenever you fail a spiritual test? <laughs> you get it again and again and again and again, and so at some point you come to the realization that, wait a second, I've seen this before. I've seen this situation before. It was a different surrounding. It was a different scenario. There were different players. There was different people, but I've seen this before. I've got to pass the test this time. And it's so simple to miss. Um, there was a time where, I don't know if it's still popular, anybody remember the game Candy Crush? I found myself um, one of those parents who had got my kids one, um, I remember so clearly, I don't know if they remember, one Christmas everybody had got Apple devices and everybody downloads Candy Crush. And I wasn't really playing it, I wasn't really into it, but one of my children had hit a level and they couldn't pass it. And so they gave me the, the, the vice, and I was like, I'll, I'll get it for you. Now, we're, we won't even get lost into the sideline of how I then got hooked into the, <laughs> into the game myself. I'm supposed to be just trying to help them, but then next thing you know, I'm like, I'll give it back one minute. <laughs> you know, I'll still play it. But what I found out was the way Candy Crush was set up, like each time you passed a level, there was something you learned some type of move or strategy that you were gonna need in the next level. And so I didn't really do them a service by helping them to clear that level and giving them back their device because now they still didn't know how to get through that thing. And then when they saw it again in a more complex way, are you still with me? On the next level, then they couldn't get past that level either because they never learned what was needed. Now you can apply that to Fortnite, you can apply it to whatever video game you want, and then when you get done, go ahead and take that to life. There's some things that as your pastors and sometimes as your parents and sometimes as your friends that 
we see you going through and it is not an intentional effort to leave you hanging, but that we know if you don't learn what you need to learn on this level with God, then you will not pass the test and you will be hindered because God will keep giving it to you over and over and over and you won't make it to the destiny that God has for you and I will be responsible because I will have hindered you by trying to clear the level for you. We have got to recognize that there are some things that only we can go through. Nobody can go through it for us. Hallelujah. We've got to learn how to pass this test. And Psalms 121, if you would just look at it, verse 1 through 2, verse 307, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Catch it here right now so that you can go to the next level. Your help is coming from God. Now that ought to encourage you if people ain't been coming through for you lately. Don't you worry about them. That's not where your help is coming from. Yeah, pastor, but they got it. They could just write a check. You know, they'd be able to. That's not where your help is coming from. But you know what, pastor? They got it. They could just push a button in the machine, and then it would. But that's not where your help is coming from. But you don't get it, pastor. All they got to do is make a phone call. They connect. That's not where your help is coming from. Stop looking at them. Stop worrying about what they're doing and not going to do for you. Your help, God is trying to teach you something. Your help comes from him. He needs you to understand that he is the one that is moving in your life. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He has plans for you, plans for good and not for evil to bring you to an expected end. He has an incomplete destiny laid out for you, and he alone knows what pathway you need to take to get to that expected end. So... This is the test in life where you have to learn how to look to him. And when you learn how to look to him in this test and clear this level, the rest is going to be smooth sailing because you know how to get back to the source. That's one thing that if you've ever talked to, it's interesting. I've seen, um, you know, different reports from different business um, magazines, and they always talk about how once you learn how to get wealth or once you learn how to, to develop income, that even if, you know, there's a recession and you lose everything, the one great thing about it is if somebody didn't hand it to you, guess what? You still know how to do it. You still know how to just start all over again and get to that same point. There are some things that God is trying to teach you right now that while it may look like it would be easier for you if somebody just handed it to you, by you working as hard as you're working right now to build your business, to elevate in your company, to graduate from high school, to graduate from college, whatever your journey is, wherever you're at right now that you're trying to just get through, that you're just trying to make it, don't despise your humble beginnings. Don't despise what you're going through. Just like David learned on the, the field defending the sheep, he didn't despise that because one day that training came in handy when he had to take out a giant. 
Some of what you're going through that seems mundane, that you don't feel like going through, I want you to go through it with an excitement this week, saying, I'm ready to go through these battles because it's preparing me for something bigger that God's getting ready to do in my life. And I need to learn something here on this level that I don't really necessarily want to be on, but it's going to prepare me for the greater things that I do want. Amen? Because some of y'all have prayed some bold prayers. Some of y'all have asked God to do some amazing things in your life. And this was part of the process. This is part of the journey to get where you need to go. As we close, our strength comes from the Lord. And because David knew that his help and his strength came from the Lord, that is who he and the Israelite army decided to give the credit to. Victories won by God deserve all praise to God. If we look at verse 53 of page 151, it says, Therefore David ran and stood up upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And I think this is the last point that you guys need to write down because it's powerful, and I didn't see it the first couple times I read this, but I saw it loud and clear as I prepared to give you this message today. Are you ready for point three? Victory requires us to finish the job. Victory requires us to finish the job. Now, if you really know your Bible, you know that there are a couple times that after you felt like they got the victory, they stopped too short, and then what they didn't get rid of came back to get them later. When you get to this point this time, finish the job. When you get the victory this time, finish the job. Eliminate the things that were roadblocks so that you can't go back. When you get there this time, cut it off. Cut off those relationships, those, those temptations, those things in your life that you know. If you leave it there in your moment of weakness, you go back to that. This time, somebody say this time, finish the job. And I know when I first read my Bible as a baby Christian, I used to feel and I used to be like, oh, that's so mean. And those of you today, you may feel that way. You may feel like, oh, do we have to cut his head off? I mean, is he down already? No. Take off his head. And I mean that with all sincerity. Cut it off. Because here, here's what you don't want. How many of you have been watching one of those movies? <laughs> one of them horror stories and they think they're in the clear and then the person gets stumble and get back up and come. And you're like, see, why didn't you just like kill him, kill him? Like why didn't you like really, really, really take them out. out, take them out? What you don't want happening in the spirit realm is you work this hard to get this far to finally get the victory, and then you don't finish the job. 
You don't make sure that it can't come back and haunt you again, take you down again. Do you feel like doing this over again? Because if you do, then don't worry about it. But if you want this to be the last time that you're in poverty, if you want this to be the last time you deal with that sickness, if you want this to be the last time you deal with that hurt, this time finish the job. And as he took off the head of Goliath, that was something that he had prophesied. Did you remember when he said that, what he was going to do to him in the fight? He prophesied to him, I'm going to take off your head. So I want you to think this morning, what is it in your life? He said, I all will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. That's so important for us to, to take away as we walk out this morning. It's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. It's not by the physical things that we think we need to have that the Lord gives us victory. God did everything he could to stack the odds against what would make it look like it wasn't possible for David. I mean, he, went, he wouldn't even take one of the, the regular Israelite army. He, he went and got a shepherd boy, somebody who had never even been to battle before. And he didn't let him go in with the, the armor and the, the sword. He went in with five smooth stones. There are things in our life that I just want you to know as we leave this series that they just look so improbable. Like there's no way that you could possibly make it. But I need you to look at it again and say, wait a second, this is an opportunity for God to get glory. Because it looks so hopeless. Because it looks like I can't pull through this diagnosis. Because it looks like I can't get out of this situation. This is an opportunity. Because the odds are so stacked against me, for God to get it through for my good and for his glory as he did for David. Do you receive that for yourself in, in, in this morning? I receive that by his power. So whatever you don't have, it's all right. Wherever you feel like you're lacking, it's okay. God's got it. God's going to get the victory. Come on, stand to your feet if you believe God's going to get the victory in your life. I want to just pray a prayer over you as we close this series. It's been so impactful in my life to remind me that I don't have to do it, that I don't have to have all the strength, that God is the one that's going to do it and that God is the one that's going to get the glory. Father, we thank you. We thank you for how you have spoken to each of us in our own unique circumstances and how you have helped each and every one of us to hear your word afresh and anew for what it is that we need to address and face in our own lives. And so God, I ask that you would help us to find victory and whatever our battle is in our life through Jesus. Help us to find victory, Father, that we know that the victory is not dependent on us. It's not dependent upon what we have or what we don't have. But thank you, Father, that you will help us this time to learn that our victory is dependent upon you and that you will deliver us in your timing. Give us the strength to persevere through this process. 
and we will give you and you alone the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say, amen, amen.